Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. I am Shay, I use they, them pronouns. I am playing Alusha, who uses she, her pronouns, and she is a noble elf. I'm Mel, I use they, them pronouns, and I will be portraying Terpsichore, a all-around fun person to be with, and who uses a variety of pronouns. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. So to explain things for Craig, due to circumstances, we lost the recordings for a couple of episodes. So what we're going to do is record a kind of highlights reel. Uh, We probably won't roll any dice because we know how it went last time when we're trying to more or less recreate what ended up happening. So we're going to skim over some of the the places where there was uncertainty the first time around. Um, (laughs) Just try and catch up on the interesting lore that uh, came out from the plot-relevant events. So in the last episode, our party, plus the shepherd Yana, plus three very large dogs, charm-personed their way into the cathedral at 4am, for reasons which seemed good at the time. And this is where they now are, and Yana in particular, cannot turn back from being a wolf because she has no clothes. Hmm. Conundrum. So, does anyone know where to get clothes at this time of night? It being four in the morning, I doubt most of the shops around here are open. But we could get something from my temple. Hopefully it'll fit. Okay. That's that's the closest thing to a plan that I have. I'm glad someone has a plan, to be honest. Well, you got us in here, so that's yeah. something. Yeah, you can you can do that. It's um, it'll take you about fifteen minutes going, and then again coming back. So everyone else is going to be twiddling their thumbs for a while. But as long as they don't get too excitable and go and try leaving the scriptorium, you should be fine. You can scoot across town. I mean. It's not very busy, but also you you are perfectly allowed to be in the city at four in the morning, so it's not like you need to sneak. Right. You can you can go to the temple, which is a fairly twenty four hour affair. Quietly slip in around the back and go to the uh, the vestibule where the the robes and things are kept for people who help out with the services, because this is not a large establishment, so they often will rope people in to carry candles and things like that. You've done it several times, and you can grab. They're not full outfits, but you can get a, a long sleeveless robe, which would be standard for an acolyte to wear, and, and a, some kind of belt, and it'd be enough to make Yana decent. Right. All right, I will grab those things and uh, head back to the scriptorum. Fantastic. You you even managed to find the right door in the oh. cathedral to lay yourself back in. <laughs> good, good. It's not difficult, because... There are several doors to the cathedral, but they all look different. It's not like it's a block of flats. Everything's unique. The the wolf looks up at you very hopefully when you come back. All right. We don't have much in your size, but I think this is the closest I could get. 
We'll all go uh, stand outside while you change. It's weird to watch a wolf nodding. But she takes the uh, robe very delicately in her jaws, waits for you all to leave. And then after a minute or so, there is some very enthusiastic barking from all of the dogs. Aww. And some shushing. <laughs> she opens the door and she's decent. I mean, she's going to want to buy some real clothes, but right. she can at least go out in public whilst human-shaped now. Okay, great, great, great. Uh, we should probably get out of here before my spell wears off. And probably. Everything opens and people start wanting to come in and stuff. Looking at the dogs, it was hard enough getting them in when someone opened the gate for you. You feel like getting them out is going to be a similar level of problem. Okay, this is fine. And get the gate. I can get. I can get us out. Sure. I just. This is why I came here in the first place. You come and come and meet Annette. She's nice. She's very nice. Go on this way. I confidently start leading people out of the um, out of the main building. Yeah, you you lead the party across the cathedral grounds, which there are several buildings here, and you can see some of the lights are starting to come on, especially in the the big dormitory that the choir uses. People are starting to wake up, but there's not too many people around to notice you sneaking. You go to the bishop's residence, and of course, this being a halfling residence, the rooms on the very ground floor that are sort of set halfway into the earth that were, when this building was built, probably intended for the servants, have now been repurposed to be the nicest rooms in the place, because halflings. So you can find Annette's window, which is a basement-level window, and um, probably lie down on the ground and kind of tap on her window. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I kind of get right down on the ground, and I'm like... Bosworthy! Bosworthy! Why for art thou Bosworthy? (laughs) (laughs) Annette, by any other name, still... Catch fish. Annette, Annette, are you up? Are you up? Are you up, please? You see this little halfling body sort of roll over in bed, which you can just see through the window, and blink up at you. And she's clearly very confused for a moment because she just woke up. I put a fire under my face so she can see me. Yeah, she brightens when she recognises you and clambers out of bed and pulls on her dressing gown. Comes over to the window, stands on a chair opens the window and kind of sticks just her head out looks at you notices that there's like a whole crowd of people with you <laughs> and now looks more confused than ever hi um, hi it's a long story mm-hmm. uh, but basically we came in here for sensible reasons um and now we've sort of locked ourselves in. I see. Gate or something? Yeah, sure. Uh, help me out. Sure. Um, and I reach down and kind of help her climb out of her window. Yeah, I mean, you've got... Granted, you're not particularly tall, but you've got more than a foot of height on her. So mm. it's, it's... She's not that heavy. Nicely padded, of course, because she's a healthy halfling, but... She fits out the window. Uh, so, Annette, this is Korea Team 42, Korea Team 42, and this is Annette. And also Yanis and Brick and the other dogs whose names I don't remember. Sorry, dogs. 
Yana kind of waves and says, hi. The dogs wag their tails because they know they're being mentioned. Brick would at this point come and knock Annette to the ground and lick her face. But Yana is wise to his ways and is holding onto his collar. And Annette looks at you all and goes, I'm going to need the story. Uh, well, uh, long story short, there was a werewolf-involved incident um, and um, in the process, it's no longer really safe for this uh, fine human woman to um, stay where she was. So now we've come here instead, but we needed somewhere to hide out for just a bit before we could sort everything out. And I thought this would be a great idea. And then it wasn't a great idea. And I did have to charm um, um, Halberd, um, Havler. Um, Havler. Yeah. Um, and oh, he's, he's going to be thrilled. <laughs> an hour or so. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, it's fine. We just need to kind of get clear in the meantime, probably. Um, but the eyes kind of flick over to Rill. And she's kind of going, yeah, let's get you out of here before Aldred decides he doesn't like you after all. Come on, there's a side gate. And she takes you down the side of the cathedral. And rather than the wrought iron gate that you were clambering over awkwardly to get in, this is just a wooden door set into a wall that she unlatches and opens. So gives it a little bow. Play it off like... Like, this wasn't a thing that they already knew about and had completely forgotten. Why did we climb over that gate if this was here the entire time? I didn't know about it. I didn't know about it. Thank you for pointing it out to me, Annette. This gate I didn't know about. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, you owe me one because you just woke me up. I do. I do. I'll tell you the whole story. I'll, I'll write you a story. I'll write you a poem. You should take me to dinner. I'll take you to dinner. Yeah, I'll take you to dinner. Odysseus has a new show. You should take me to see it. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I take you to to Odysseus's show. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, no. I'll take you somewhere nice, though. That's where I want to go. Well, why would you want to go see Odysseus's show? Because it's supposed to be a good show. It's a new one. Well, I mean, I mean, sure, but it's. I mean, it could be new. Has he stopped being a puppeteer or something? I can always ask someone else to take me. Oh, no, 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 no. Thank you, Annette. Thank you so much. You've been great. And I'm sorry for waking you up. Yes, I'll, I'll take you. I'll take you to Odysseus. Yep. It's a date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she shut the... She, she appears... She's not giving you time to go back on it. Now she's got the answer she wanted. And she's just <laughs> closing the gate behind you and tripping off back to sneak back into her bedroom. I kind of stand there and like look forlornly at the gate for a while. <laughs> she did blow you a kiss on the way. Oh, that helps. That takes some of the sting off. <laughs> you are now outside of the cathedral grounds and it's about five in the morning. Still a bit early for clothes shopping, I guess. We could get some breakfast. I'd love some breakfast. Good. I know just the place. And I will bring everybody and the dogs and 
uh, and my mother. Yeah. To uh, to the geode. And, uh, yeah, um, leading through the city, the geode is not far away. It, it is in the temple quarter, which is where you currently are. It's, it's near the Drow temple. It's an all-night diner drow specialist food shop combination. It's popular with students because when it's three in the morning and they really want to get a fried egg sandwich and some coffee and somewhere to work that isn't their tiny room, the geode is open and nowhere else is. <laughs> it's not a huge place. There is room for all of you, but the proprietor does look up as you are clattering down the stairs and sort of counts heads. And then there's these dogs. they got to hold up a hand and go, not the animals, please. Uh, Yana looks at the dogs and looks at the person running the diner and says, I'll be back in a minute. Takes them back out onto the street and finds a, a railing or something to to leash them to. Thankfully, people tend not to steal very large dogs that already have friends. I mean, one maybe, but the three of them kind of look like they might go for you if you try to steal any of the others. So she'll come back down, having left the dogs outside and join you at your table. You can get a variety of foods, some of which all of you are familiar with because it's just the sort of food that they eat around here, some of which is drow specific. In particular, if you order coffee, what's listed as coffee on the menu when it comes is almost but not quite entirely unlike coffee. What you are served is perfectly familiar to Rill. Rill, you are totally cool with this. This is what it should be. I mean, it's not coffee. It is delicious, and I grew up with it, and I love it. And, and you love it, and it is made from carefully fermented mushrooms. Anyone else is probably going to get a bit of a surprise when they take a drink. But they will do you all eggs on toast. That's pretty good. Yana takes a sip of her drow coffee and goes cross-eyed. Oh. And politely doesn't say a word. <laughs> hmm, this is uh, mighty interesting. Yeah, it's the only place around here that serves this kind of thing. So it's nice to have. Alicia is sipping hers very slowly and carefully with a consternation on her face. So, Alusha, I think it's only Mm -hmm. fair that you tell me how old you are since you asked me that back in the caves. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, in Elven years, um, I'm 200. Uh, that would translate to about 26 in, in, in human time. What about you, Amber Tipsigory? Since we're sharing. I'm as old as my tongue and as older than my teeth. Rill raises his eyebrows expectantly. I have 108 T 180. That sounds convincing. Good. I'm glad you should do. 
Um, anyway, I noticed that um, Ember hasn't answered how old they are. How old are you, Ember? We all want to know how old each other is for some reason now. I feel like an infant among all of you. I am 34. Oh, well, there you go. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Aren't you a little young to be coming out adventuring? No. No. Not for a human. Fair. I mean, sorry. I mean, relatively speaking, company. Yeah. Fair. Well, there you go, then. We all know how old each other are and everything else we could need to know about each other's. In fairness, I did actually suggest we get to know each other before we left in the first place. I'm a bit glad you didn't, because I would have missed that conversation. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair. So, um, good. I mean, we could all hear how shifty this is. (laughs) (laughs) But Mm -hmm. real... Uh, in particular, because you've got that high, and Lucia, actually, you've both got quite high perception. Um, this feels like it's maybe a little more than just Tupsikari not wanting to admit their age. Like the level of shifty seems different. All right, come on. How was it? There's something else. You're being weird more than usual, even for you. Is no. it because we saw your girlfriend? Well, I mean, no, no, no. What? What does that have to do with anything? It's not an inappropriate age gap. I mean, she's a halfling. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's like you were saying. It's like you were saying, Ember. Let's talk more about your age and fascinating past. Um, I'm sure you have one. Why are you being so cagey? Cagey, why would I be cagey? Why would I be cagey? I'm not being cagey. Yes. I'm curious, I'm being polite. I'm wanting to know more about my traveling companion. Uh huh. And it You're sounds like it. I pinched you, you jumped out of your skin. How did you come to be a paladin, Ember? I, I, I just uh, got a call one day. Uh, not super interesting. I just felt this pull. And realized I had to go, but you're definitely changing the subject a little too eagerly. Well, it's fine. It's just I don't... I might not know exactly how old I am, is all. What? You're not even 200. How do you lose track already? Well, I mean, obviously I'm more than 200. That was a made-up number that I said. I've just over this. Then how old are you? I don't know. Somewhere between 200 and 800, probably, or more. That's quite the gap. We advise more than 800. Huh? That's the very large margin for error. And you don't look that old. Well, there you go. I'm probably more like 200 then. Case closed. Problem solved. It's just, it's, it's a long time. You can lose track sometimes. You can, yeah. but... Could you roll me an insight check, please? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. I can find my d20. Mm, 
19? Feels like Tepsikari is telling you the truth. I mean, I'd ask to try and deceive, but it's a bit... Oh, <laughs> Openly saying you don't know. So. Yes. Yeah. All right. Rill is going to squint suspiciously at Tipsikri, but let it drop eventually. Right. Good. Fine. So, changing the subject again, um, Ember, how you you sort of been? You said you were called to service and stuff, but. Then you decided to jump in and come be a post-career with us? Yeah, well, my god was not particularly specific. I just got this call that, and this super strong feeling that I was meant to be doing more in the world than just running my forge. Um... And I knew I needed to leave, but I did not know where I needed to go, and I still don't know where I needed need to go. So, I mean, I ran into y'all, and uh, you know, the thought of being a courier and just going to a bunch of different places seemed like a good way to figure out where I'm meant to go. Mm. I mean, are you being pulled in any particular direction? I mean, if you can tell. No. Um, I'm kind of just praying every night and seeing if if that results in more of a pull, but no, I'm not really feeling anything at the moment. Yeah, there's a point. Hmm. Brings you out to um, uh, it, it, I want to say Innisbrook, but that's just a real town in Switzerland, I think. <laughs> Eisenbrook. Eisenbrook. <laughs> what, brings you, what brings you out to Innisbrook to come be a, be a, some kind of courier? You don't sound like you've quite got an Innisbrook accent. I wanted to see more of the world. I mean, fair. Arson answered. And what about you? Me? I mean... I sort of... just needed to get away. From... family? Obligations? Yeah, get away from my family and associated obligations. Um... Get really really long way away from my family and and obligations and then get further away from the warlocks and the obligations that come with the warlocks just to be clear if you ever meet someone who's looking for me and especially if they're warlocks don't tell them that you know me or where i am if you could be not a big fan of the whole warlock business are, are you wanted I am very much wanted. I'm not a fugitive. Rill looks like he's like half a second away from panicking. <laughs> because this one's not, super fucking no, no, no. I'm not I'm not like a criminal. I'm just Oh yeah, that yeah, that's the side of things that criminals say. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm just, you know, I'm wanted. In it, just uh, there are people who want me. Uh huh. And and who are they? What do they want you for? For crimes? As, as I mentioned, my parents want me for other things. Oh. Sorry. Decoration, largely. Huh. Anyway. Wait, how are we going to recognize the warlocks? I don't know if I've ever actually seen one. I mean, try counting their nipples. I hear it's a good test. I'm not going <laughs> to go around counting people's nipples. Well, then you'll be unprepared. <laughs> Yada, who is quietly drinking her coffee... Seems like she thinks that's a totally reasonable way to tell. <laughs> She's just kind of nodding, like, yeah, obviously that's what you would do. Yana, I feel like we've got a pretty good handle on your tragic, tragic backstory. Yeah, I, I, I also am wanted, but not a criminal. Yeah, see? Happens I'm, all the time. No idea what I'm doing tomorrow, but one day at a time. I mean, we can get you some sort of... You, you'd be a good bouncer, right? Got the dogs. Maybe I, I was wondering about maybe Nightwatch. I mean, somebody yeah. must need their grounds patrolled or something, and the dogs. Right. Discourage intruders. Yeah, I should say. Uh, but I mean, I've got I've got a few uh, clubs I could introduce you to. I say clubs, you know, inns. And I can. You know what, though? There's. Uh, uh, Mrs. Trellis, I used to board. Well, I some of my stuff still with her, but I could move. I could move out now into the courier's gaff, and she'd probably want a new lodger. I mean, clothes. Wait, no, I, I just would have to pay her in arrears the first couple of weeks. But if you think she'd take a new lodger, we can. Yeah, I reach into my belt pouches and I set out a, a substantial amount of cash. Um, it takes her like at first she isn't reaching for it she's just kind of staring at the money and then back at you are you serious I mean there you go there's clothes and rent and whatnot. yeah it's fine I mean I, I don't need it I if you're sure yeah yeah don't worry about it she, she will take your gold Looking a little bit shell-shocked. You get the feeling that maybe rural shepherds don't, don't see a lot of gold pieces in one place very often. Yeah, I mean, don't get too excited. You're, you're in city prices now. But still. Uh, that makes sense. Still. Thank you. I mean, you'll be all right for a bit anyway. And I'm sure you'll find some, somewhere to work. It's... Got the dogs as well, and that's a plus. You should see how much they eat. Hmm. Better find somewhere with kitchens so they can uh, get their share. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I can introduce you to some places. Now, how about you, though, Lucia? Let me guess, let me guess you were summoned by an evil wizard from the depths of the plane of energy, the astral plane, 
and now you're hidden amongst us, trying to escape your dread bindings. <laughs> uh, Something like that? Not nearly quite that sensational, but uh, I'm oddly flattered that you would think such a story of me. Um, no, I... I think that there, I, I there's some similarities actually between you and me, other than the obvious of both of us being elves. Um, mm. I come from nobility, actually. Um, I my my home is Aldrean, uh, near the Jagged Coast. Um, so I had an island life, um, and uh, nobility has never really suited me as well as it has the rest of my family um so i struggled growing up um to fulfill my duties as a noble um and so about uh well i guess almost a century ago now um i left the island and um I decided I wanted to explore and learn and try to figure out what I could to uh, help people and to help um, help to try to rebuild after everything went to shit um, with the war. Uh, I plan to return home to Aldrian at some point um but in the meantime I've just been trying to figure myself out I guess uh who I am outside of my family uh and the nobility that came with it um but I carry my family with me and she points she uh pulls out the uh signet ring on the on the silver chain around her neck um and it's uh bears the crest um her family's crest of Aldrian and it's a um three layer spiral which symbolizes an ocean wave um and it has a four point diamond shaped star centered above it and uh she indicates the same crest which is etched into her armor and each of her weapons on her um and she kind of gives a twisted smile and says um yeah some things you can't quite uh can't quite let go of as you pull the ring and the chain out from between the layers of your clothing it feels warm to the touch as, as it's resting in your palm it, it, it's sort of gradually getting hotter ah that's odd and she drops it and um presses it in between uh layers of her clothing yeah there's a definite red patch on your palm where it was resting like a burn ow What's wrong? I think 
Mm. I think this has something to do with my werewolfiness now. Uh, Yana looks around like very worried that you just said that aloud. <laughs> no one else uh, seems to have heard, but, but Yana is, is concerned. Yeah, uh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> the dog the problem. The silver allergy that you may have developed. Okay, well, yeah, so this is good to know, I guess, for future reference. I'll um, try to keep silver away from my skin. Yana um, nods thoughtfully and says, should get some gloves for money. Yeah, probably a good idea. Uh, with that, actually, I think I need to probably adapt my entire wardrobe, now that I think about it. Yeah, because of the proof. Yeah, that. Yeah. Really loose drawstrings, maybe? That's an idea. Mostly I just need... I need clothes that will adapt with me. I think. Oh, you want quick change clothes? More or less. Yeah, actually. You've seen quick change ants, right? I have, yes. You know a seamstress who does stuff for quick changes. I bet you could do something similar. Like a lot of the same principles would apply. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'll make introductions. Oh, wow, I'm gonna fall over. Whew. It is, it is probably now late enough that you, you could at least go to the guild and catch some sleep and maybe see if your old landlady is awake. Sun's coming up outside. Okay. Um, we do that, I guess, and Yannick can get some clothes and all that can yeah. Um, I mean, Yana seems quite happy to be introduced to, you know, to go see this possible landlady who is, in fact, quite happy to have, actually, <laughs> she's quite happy to have a burly looking lady and three large dogs as protection just in the house. Um, this, Yana strikes her as a nice, respectable, muscly person to, to have in her in her spare room. So she's quite happy with that arrangement, lets you collect the last of her stuff. And Yana will go out and sort herself out with clothes and start looking for a job once she's had a bit of a kip. The rest of you, you have access to the dormitories in the Couriers Guild. They're just up in the roof space. And God, I've lost his name. Anyway, the chap at the front desk waves at you as you, <laughs> as you come in and points you which way to get get to some beds because you look like you've been walking all night. Covered in mud and brambles. Yes, but muddy to the knees, just looking terribly tired. And like you just need to sleep, please. Oh, we have water to give him. What? We've got what? We have letters. We have letters oh, yeah. to give him. <sighs> and I think... 
a weird lumpy metal package? Yeah, he's he's um I'm gonna have to check his name. Really bad at names, y'all. <laughs> Just so bad at them. We see him like once every half dozen episodes. So it's not Orlan, is it? It is Orlan, yes. Hey. Thank you. Yeah, Orlan. Wow, takes you the... pulled that out of nowhere. Good job. It's on my notepad. Well, hey. <laughs> yeah, Orlan takes the package from you and does exactly the same thing that you did, where he's expecting a much lighter package by the size. Oh, it's heavy, by the way. <laughs> it is heavy. Please it. I don't know. There was customs on it, though. I got a receipt. Is there any chance that you could take the receipt off of me and bill it to the customer next time someone goes down there and so I don't, I'm not out of it? I give him uh, a on my winning a smile. And then, I believe historically, I fail my persuasion. I, I can make a note that if we manage to reclaim it, it should come back to you, but I can't just refund you up front. All right, fair enough. Sorry. I'll pass over my um, receipt. Yeah. He, makes, he makes a note, he notes down that this strange metal box, or at least rather strange box of mysterious metal, which I believe you've managed to not drop. <laughs> Having written fragile message. all over it. It's quite impressive. That's why we gave it to Ember. Yeah, I was going to say, also, uh, hi there. I'm Oh Ember. yeah. He kind of blinks and goes, oh, you are a different person in singing flame armor. Hi. What Hi. happened to Fern? I don't know. Y'all got to answer that. Um, wait, Yanis told us what happened to Fern. Fern didn't show up yet, right? Oh, no, Fern did show up. Fern's gone werewolf. The, yeah, there was a werewolf problem. Yeah. Fern's gone to do, I don't know, things. Be a werewolf. Well, that is, that is a very... That's a very paladin thing to do, isn't it? All right. Not um, a paladin, actually. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I can, I can see where it comes from, though. Singer rights are with the best one in the world. Sorry, Amber. A bit inscrutable. Uh, uh, I do take offence at that. Well, you know. You get very particular ideas about the best thing to do at any given time. And it's all a bad thing. Okay. Well, anyway, I've joined this group. Uh, well, would you, would you like to join the guild as well and get paid for walking about with them? It, yes, yes, I would. Rather, I would very much like to do that. All that, and we'll, we'll go through some paperwork with you. He's just, you know, if you've managed to... Did you see any trouble on the way? Are you happy to vouch for this person's ability to handle themselves? Yeah, Very definitely. much so. They helped us kill a giant slug. Yeah, very big slug. Good, perfect. That sounds like an interview to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all I had to do was hit, was hit a straw dummy with a stick, so... I just want to know that you're not Martell, you know? Oh, come on, so that if giant slugs arise, you can hit them with sticks. He will, he will go through some paperwork with you. He will ask you for your... Um, so I need your full name, please. It is Ember McGowan. 
note that down. Um, if anything happens to you, who would you like us to contact? Oh, um, I'm not really in contact with anyone else. Um, if anything happens to me that these folks don't know about, I guess contact them, but if they already know about it, then there's no need to do that. Um, Fair enough. Makes a note of kind of not applicable. Uh, similar question, probably going to be a similarly difficult answer. Um, if you don't come back for any reason, including like Fern going off to do something else, um, where would you like your last set of wages to go? Um, if you don't have anyone you're in contact with, then it's kind of where would you like them donated? Uh, the Singing Flame Temple. No problem. Makes a note of that. Puts that in a pile of paperwork he needs to file. Um, digs around for a minute in a drawer because he doesn't usually do this part, but frankly, it's early in the morning and he doesn't want to go and wake up the guildmistress to make her do it. Eventually comes out with this cheap-looking, mostly pewter medallion with the guild crest on it on a, a leather cord and says, and that's for you. Welcome to the guild. Perfect. Thanks. Now um, I would very much like to go collapse in a bed. Straight up to the top of the building. Stairs are on your left. Thanks. And he'll open the, the little door in the counter and let you all go into the, the rest of the guild building and find, find the dormitories up in the roof and collapse into them. And then in the morning, well, it's morning now, but once you've had your eight hours of rest, it will still be sort of 3 p.m. and you will have time to do what I think you would like to do, which is I believe you wanted to go and do some shopping. Very interesting shopping. I think probably Terpsichore turns up the latest of anyone, but also the most absolutely dapper of anyone. <laughs> you've got your good city clothes on. Good city clothes, just looking fully scrubbed up, like radiant, like they haven't just been on an all-night hike and um, some like college shenanigans getting around the old mean dean. <laughs> um, the kind of the kind of the kind of absolutely beautifully turned out that I posted a bunch of excitable pictures of earlier in the chat. I can't find it anymore. Yeah, I mean, you've you've got. A doublet with like slash sleeves. You've got quartered oh, yeah, yeah. fabrics. You've got the whole look. Yeah. Little heels on your shoes. Oh yeah, pointy Absolutely. toes. A quizzing glass because I've insisted on the quizzing glass. <laughs> you you may have a quizzing glass. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. And obviously a massive floppy hat. A sufficiently large floppy hat that I take my hat off when I go indoors. More as a matter of practicality than respect. <laughs> It has a giant feather on it that has been dyed to look like a peacock feather, but is not quite the right shape to the discerning eye. I look a lot like a mercenary who's been exempted from sumptuary laws and wants everyone to know it. <laughs> and has a lot of gold <laughs> from being a mercenary, yeah. So Terpsichore, having spent a good hour or so primping and preening and flattening things that were not, you know, that got crumpled on the road and rejoins you all looking utterly splendid what would you like to go shopping for i mean personally 
Um, I think we were going to get. I think we we're going to get tents, some actual travelling tents. You can the, get tents. That's that's yes. not difficult to do. I mean, the best place for that would probably be um, Heidi's place out near one of the gates, which Lucia would know from regularly trading furs and meat and things. Mm. Aside from that, though, I feel like I have this outfit, but what I don't have is a gorgeous, like, bejeweled rapier to go with it. Because you need to look flashier, right. I do need to... Can I, can I pay extra? Can I, like, double the player's handbook price and get an especially fancy rapier or something? Get yeah, an especially fancy rapier. Yeah, you, can, you can find... Um, with, with a little asking around, which, which it helps that you are dressed so gorgeously, you can find a place that caters to rich fops and sells weapons that are far more decorative than they are practical and priced accordingly. Mm-hmm. They have a range of fancy rapiers. They have one that is actually just beautifully made and very elegant and hardly decorated at all. Just, you know, for the very discerning eye that doesn't need to drip with jewels. No, no, no. <laughs> they have one that has been ground into, a, so the, the blade has been ground into a wavy shape. And there is one that the hilt and the guard and the sheath have all been lavishly decorated with. Given the size and abundance of them, most of them are probably paste and glass rather than actually gems, but it looks gorgeous. It's got like a big, big gem on the pommel that looks a little bit like the eyes in Rill's fancy skull trophy. I am pleased. <laughs> <laughs> they they sell you your overpriced rapier very respectfully. I'm, I'm delighted. It's beautiful. I need a I need a scabbard to go with it, but you know it, it does come with a scabbard. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. I, I'm imagining you just swishing it about delightedly through the sunshine. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I just like I step out with like a new strut in my step. <laughs> the accessory I've been looking for. <laughs> you are in fact a swashbuckler. As I begin considering, as I begin considering growing a thin, pointy moustache, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also show a Lucia to the costumier you know who can help with quick change clothing. Oh yeah, let's let's do that introduction, and then I I think probably I introduce Lucia and um, hurry off to um, preen some more because <laughs> of course we have a date. Mm. Yes. Um, Alusha, you will pay a little bit more than you would for regular clothes because these are costume garments. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get a set of clothing that has got sort of cunningly concealed snaps and fasteners and, you know, hooks that hook together but then will come apart under pressure. Um, so when you transform into either your hybrid form or your wolf form, the clothes will just kind of break apart naturally and fall off and you'll be able to put them back on again, because they won't have ripped. They'll just have disassembled themselves. Yeah. You will need to take a minute to put them back on again once you change back, but at least they won't have destroyed themselves. And you're not walking around wearing a very baggy sack, which is probably what you were after. Okay, yeah. For armour, you will need to go and see Heidi. Got it. She looks quite concerned when you start talking about turning into things. Understandably. And kind of 
backs up half a step and holds up her hand and says, that don't. I, I am going to assume that this is Druid stuff. Yeah? Because this is Druid stuff, isn't it? This is because this is you're a Druid now. And you can turn into things because you're a Druid. Sure. Yes. Good. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. She can right. do you some armor that um, it won't offer you any protection in your other forms. Um, but it, she can work some basically new straps underneath the, the leather pieces of your armor with some stretch in them. So when you transform, it will kind of open up and make room for you. But because it has opened up, there are these big holes between the pieces. Um, so it won't work as armor if you transform. So it won't add to your AC, but it won't be destroyed and it won't fall off. You'll just be a wolf in, in somewhat useless armor until you turn back and then you'll be an elf in useful armor again. Good thing wolf means walking armored animal. You, you are quite tough at the moment in your hybrid form, yeah. Yeah. She seems, once she kind of stops thinking about why you might need this, she seems quite interested in the challenge of making it work. But she is clearly does not want to know anything she might regret knowing about why you need this. Right. But she will, she will sell you um, it's alterations to your existing armor is what she's going to do rather than make brand new armor. So it, it would be 10 gold pieces for brand new leather. I think she's probably going to charge you five for the alterations. Okay. And lock that down. Yeah. And it was a couple of, a couple of gold, I think for your, uh, yeah, which you would have already marked down because we did it the first time around. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, now. Yes, you, you, can, you can arrange for your armor. Clipsickery has their extremely fancy rapier of fanciness and glitter. So fancy, <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, now, I can't remember. I think you did research in this episode as well as... Oh, shopping. Yes. So I, yeah. I believe Ember want was it Ember or, or Rill or both of you wanted to go and do some some research. Both, both. The the two. I mean, most of the temples have bits of libraries if you're interested in religious history. Um, for more general research, uh, the best place would be Aveline's collection, which is a sort of combination bookshop and library. As in, you can, you can read stuff. You, you, can, you can pay her a small amount to read things while you're there, or you can purchase volumes to take away. She doesn't really lend. But she does have quite an extensive collection, particularly on history. Hmm. Well, I know we were both interested in the scriptorum, so we could go there and see if we can get in and then go to Aveline's. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. It is now very easy to get into the cathedral because it's the middle of the day and they're open for visitors. So you can just walk in the front door. Uh, it's really beautiful, actually, inside the cathedral. It's this huge, bright space. It's brighter than you'd think, having been carved from the local dark granite. But all the carving is very smooth and very beautiful. And there's big windows and high ceilings. 
I've never seen something quite like this. The windows along the sides um, look more recent than a lot of the rest of the stonework. And rather than the very structured, symmetrical pattern that you're used to in stained glass windows, these have this organic branching look that you can see the resemblance. It looks, makes the window look like a butter, like a, look like the veins in the dragonfly's wing because the singing flame is often depicted as a dragonfly. So the windows have been, have been reworked to give that effect. You can find a, a, a junior priest almost as soon as you walk in, kind of looking around for someone to talk to, and his job is to find people in that situation and talk to them. The scriptorum, it seems, is not really open for visitors. It's a, it's a working space, and he's very reluctant to let you disturb the scribes. Uh, but he is happy to show you to the collection of religious scrolls that the cathedral keeps uh, for visitors to to read and study. This um, is a collection that the Singing Flame scriptures. Um, there's sometimes disagreement about you know, what counts as holy work and what doesn't, but they span uh, centuries and centuries of time. Some of its history, some of its letters, some of its um, teaching um, and every time it's copied it tends to accumulate commentary because the scribes want to do a good job of copying which means they want to copy down exactly what was written and they also don't want to propagate error so if they disagree with anything they tend to write that as well make it clear what was them and what was the previous and the whole conversation ends up in in the scroll well that would be a fun read is there anything in particular you're looking for among these these volumes um because I think you had you were you were interested in God stuff. Uh, yeah, God stuff. Um, any sort of local history. Um, oh, and I was looking at. Uh, I I wanted to find something on like Elven biology. I think because Tipsifri was specifically sleeping and not meditating, which is weird for an elf. It's fine and normal, actually. Because I'm normal. Mm-hmm. Very. So yeah, he's gonna. I don't know how much he'd be able to find on any of that specifically. Yeah, like okay. I don't think the singing flame, you know, scribes would have a bunch on like. No, singing flame is great for religious but... history. Not so much on anatomy. Yeah. I mean, there is a there is a wealth of material here on, you know, the the religious development and and historical spread of the singing flame church going back many centuries, but. Conversely, with not so much about recent events. I mean, they're, they're still deciding what should count as additions to the scripture from uh, the War of the Gods, which was only it was only 100 years ago. So right. you know, there's lots of writing about it, but they haven't come to an agreement on what counts as canonical yet. Uh, I see. No one seems to agree. Everyone agrees that there are two major theories about who started it. But unfortunately, each side says the other side started it. Right. <laughs> so everyone is in agreement that either the Circle of Grace or the Council of Light killed the Merciful Dark, and that started everything. But no one is sure who, and no one is really sure why. And... 
there's nothing definite about sort of whether this has happened before, whether this was something people knew could happen. Hmm. The, the closest you find is you do find um, this repeated phrase in some of the commentaries you glance through that says, as there is no God of the earth. And they seem to be using that to mean even the divine is not a complete finished set. Like nothing is perfect, not even the gods, because there's this gap. And therefore, just as mortal souls have to work to perfect themselves, that's kind of reflected as above, so below, that kind of thing. But it's not really useful history. It's more of a philosophical point. Kind of weird, given the Earthshaker is very much a thing. Mm. But not in the sense that they, they seem to be talking more about a god of farming rather than of mines and architecture, which is more Earthshaker's thing. Huh. But also, yes, yeah. this probably was mostly not written by dwarves. But that, that's the kind of the closest you find to references to whether this sort of thing, whether anyone knew this could, sort of thing could happen. Right. And those are like pretty old, like... Uh, like Principus era, sort of? Yeah, these, these are going back at least a thousand years to when this whole part of the world was part of the Principus Empire. So you're not yeah, sure how much of it is allegory for not liking the Principus being in charge? Uh-huh. It's, it's really hard to tell. The scribes may not have all agreed about whether the Principus were a good thing. It gets a bit confusing. Okay, fair enough. Um... But yeah, for the anatomy stuff, you would definitely want to go and look in, in Aveline's collection. Yeah, I mean, unless Ember wants to look for something specific at the temple, then I think we can head over there. Yeah, Ember's kind of not very smart. Uh, and in the when we recorded previously, uh, Ember did not have anything else. I think Ember was enjoying having new friends to, to hang around with. Yes. It's, it is still nice to, to be in the cathedral and to see this kind of huge, magnificent church to your God and to kind of feel part of things. And like you've, you've come from your small town and your small temple and you now feel there is at least... You now feel like you are part of a global faith rather than just one lone paladin. Mm-hmm. So it's at least nice to be there. And the other thing was you wanted to look up anatomy of elves. <laughs> mm-hmm. You do find in Aveline's collection, which is more on the history than, than the medicine, but there is some, some stuff. And you find a book that's talking about different healing strategies for the different races based on you know, their different biological makeups. You are pretty sure that a lot of this is nonsense and that the healing spells just work. That a lot of this advice about exactly where to put your hands may not, in fact, be meaningful. Um, right, I am going to gossip with Ember about how terrible this healing magic book is because <laughs> no. that's not how spells work. <laughs> I was going to say, Ember is just reading over your shoulder, just completely convinced that, yeah, sure, that makes sense. <laughs> taking, taking some mental notes about I mean, you uh, probably should apply pressure to wherever the injury is, but I don't think it matters about their race. I think you should just apply it if there's, like, they're bleeding out, you put pressure on it, and then you do the spell. And it helps. Because <laughs> there's less blood everywhere. Specific to your interest, though, this book does classify elves and drow as a single race, and specifically mentions that they 
will go into a meditative trance rather than sleeping. And obviously this affects how the healing would flow to their body and therefore you should do this. But it mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. classes them together in that way. Interesting. Okay. I feel like there was one other thing that I've lost. I think that now that's everything that was in my notes. I in the original episode I forgot to look up werewolves, so I don't know if we want to throw that in or since I did forget in the original. It's up to you. <laughs> I mean, I, if you would like to to look up werewolves, I'm happy to let you look up werewolves. That's fair. Like I don't if I actually at Avalanes because then I can buy the book and give it to, uh, give it to Shay. Okay, roll me an investigation check for this one. Or Alusha, rather. <laughs> investigation. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, Fifteen. You can't find a whole book on werewolves. You can find a, a, a slim volume on, you know, monsters of the wastes and horrible abhuman monstrosities that you might come across on your travels. All of which is written in a fairly sensational fashion, but it does have a section on werewolves and how to recognise them and how to kill them. Do any, I mean, considering I sort of know two werewolves, does any of that seem like it's at all accurate? Actually, yes. It's it's only one of about six things that are covered, so it's not hugely detailed. It's more of a general primer, but Mm. it does mention that they've got, you know, there's, they look normal in their regular form, and then they've got a hybrid form, and then they've got a full wolf form, and they're much more dangerous and, you know, talks about the claws growing in the teeth and silver being bad for them. You're not expert enough to say, yes, this is all absolutely correct, but it, it does seem to be talking about the right kind of things. It does okay. talk about it as being a horrible curse. That's debatable, but I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, you can... How much are books do we think? Uh, I mean, if it's a small book, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's a small book. All books, all books are handwritten because pretty much hasn't been invented. Well, the question is: Is this a summer or a tractatus? Is this? Yes, a I'm sure. I'm sure that's the question everybody's asking themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a tractatus to me. Like if it's just um, a, a discourse on a particular topic. Well, I would love to crack out Ask Magica to work out how much should but but. Um, as as discussed in re-clothes being much more expensive than the adventurous guy thinks they are. Mm. Mm. <laughs> We're just going to go actually, with... I can imagine a book costing as much as a suit of clothes. Yeah, books are really yeah. expensive. Um, even sense, in the book, yeah. books are really expensive. Based on this being a small book, I'm going to say that's 20 gold pieces. Okay. I will pay that and uh, give it to... Give it to Alusha. Give it All to right. Alusha when I get back. And I think that wraps up our highlights reel and we can pick up next episode with Terpsichore's lovely date. <laughs> because Yay. Terpsichore gets Ooh. to go for dinner with Annette, which I'm sure will be very straightforward and nothing exciting will happen at all. It could be fine. <laughs> there will be no shenanigans. No. But at least they will look fabulous. I mean, there are days when you, you hit a vessel and like suddenly you're bleeding out in the middle of the coffee shop but this is always embarrassing <laughs> <laughs>